Welcome back to the Waiting Game Podcast. It's Nechama Safin, and I am very excited for today's episode. I am here today with Tiki, who's a wonderful young lady who's going to share with us some of her experience, her life experience, her journey in dating, and I'm excited to hear more from her. We've already had wonderful conversations in the past, and I'm excited for you all to hear and to learn from her tremendous wisdom. So Tiki, if you don't mind, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, I guess starting from like post-high school till now. Okay, thanks for having me and taking your time for this. Um, So after high school, I went to seminary in Israel, Mahon Raya, one of its first years. Um, Then I went to Turo and I went for business management. I started working, then went back later on for my MBA and now I'm the director of human resources. Wow, super accomplished. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it sounds great. It sounds, uh, you know, sounds fancy, fancy, but it's just, wow. And I know that you do some chesed stuff on the side. Or is it just everything's chesed? No, everybody does. It's not. Yeah. She's being humble. She's no, extremely not. kind and an amazing okay. friend to all of her friends. And she's blushing now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. So tell us a little bit about your dating experience starting from, I guess, when you had that first date until now. So actually, I feel like I kind of was one of the last ones to start dating from my friends because I had a sister in Shadachim. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the problem was she was like, oh, you can start dating. She was in her 20s already. Her, I don't know, maybe 21, 22. And um, she was like, no, for sure you can start dating. But I didn't want to give her that pressure. But I didn't want her to have the pressure of knowing that, you know, her younger sister is waiting for her. So it really worked out well. (laughs) I happened to have been in school. So I said, oh, you know, I think I want to finish school before I start dating. So my parents were like, wow. We brought up such a, you know, responsible young daughter. And I'm like, okay, this is like the perfect thing to wait. But it was a little hard because all my friends were dating. We would get together at Dunkin' Donuts and they would all share their Shidduchim experiences. And I just like nod my head and be like, okay, great. No wisdom to share. Um, and then actually, interestingly enough, I went to Israel and I went to Rebetzin Kanievsky to do the challah. And it was my turn to get a bracha. And I said, can I have a bracha for my sister? She should, you know do well in Shadduchim, find the right one. She looked at me straight in the eye. And that's all I said. And she was straight in the eye and she said, do not wait for your sister. Oh my like, God. I hadn't said anything except for just for a bracha for her. Wow. So I like, went back on the bus on the way back to wherever you shall I'm. And I called my mom. I'm like, okay, um, I think I'm ready to, to start dating. Um, but Baruch Hashem, my sister got engaged like really quickly after that. Um, so wow. we actually never overlapped. I don't think maybe with one or two dates. Wow. Um, Is there any siblings younger than you? No, I'm the youngest. Uh... Yep. Because I do want to hear from that perspective of quote-unquote older singles yeah. having their younger siblings get married before them. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't even, I cannot even imagine. Because I can imagine like that could be very painful. I can't. Like I guess Hashem puts everyone in the situation because I would, I don't know. I, that would be like. Right. I feel like we could all handle what Hashem gives right. us. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. I have so, friends like that and I don't know how they do it. They're amazing. They're literally amazing. Right. It's so true. Like, I, I'm also grateful that, you know, that wasn't one of the Nisiyanos right. that Hashem gave me. But yeah. I, I can imagine putting myself in their shoes. Yeah. That must be really yeah. hard. Yeah. Actually, I said to my niece, my niece is in ninth grade. I said, Adina, I love you so, so much. <laughs> Don't you but I better married. be married before you start dating. Uh, and it was actually the sweetest thing. She's like, she when I told her that, she's like, do you know, I said to Helen, like, I finished the whole Safer Telem for you. And I said, Shema. I heard a story about saying Shema from like a Shema card. So like I said that for you every night, and I was like, my heart broke. I'm like, okay, you can get married before me. You're such so a thoughtful. holy family. Yeah, so sweet. Like it's I'm, so I'm so blessed. I'm like my whole, yeah. I'm really so blessed. something that's remarkable about Tiki is I don't. Uh, do you mind if we say how old you are? No, go for it. No, I don't yeah. mind at all. You can tell us. 
I'm 32. She's 32. And the remarkable thing is, is that people automatically assume that if you've been dating for 10 years or whatever, that you're jaded, that you're burnt out. And I hear this from guys and I'm saying, do you know these wonderful young ladies that I know? They are the complete opposite of burnt out. They're the complete opposite of jaded. They're the complete opposite of miserable. They are happy, accomplished, wonderful, worked on, you know, experienced in so many different areas of life. And they are interesting. They've done you know, adventurous things, or they've done traveling, or they've done a chassad, and they've given back to the community in ways that, you know, only singles can. So don't tell me that they're jaded. Maybe you're projecting. Maybe they're the ones maybe a little bit burnt out. But when I hear that, I almost want to be like, do you know the young ladies that I know? Because they are, and I don't know anybody who's really like that. I've only had the positive experience. And, you know, Tiki, if you don't know her, she exudes positivity and humility and actually i'm just going to tell you the first time i met her she was with a friend it was like at the end of a meet the shadchan event and they both came in quickly just because like time was running out and they both were talking about each other they weren't even talking about themselves her friend is saying you gotta my friend is amazing she's so special and tiki was saying no you gotta you gotta find somebody for my friend she's so special she is amazing and and it's just she's that to me that spoke volumes that is the most special thing it's like really heartwarming to see and and tiki i know that you have dated a lot and you have probably, I'm sure, had heartbreak and scenarios that were not ideal, you know, but you learned from them. So what can you tell us something that you have learned from when you started till now? Um, so I don't know if there's anything really that I can pinpoint, but I, I think I've, I've been able to, I guess, refine myself. And every time I do anything, it's like, okay, well, you're preparing yourself for marriage, you know, like, you're in a situation and like you can't stand how someone handled the situation and you're in that situation too. So you're like, okay, I'm going to react differently because when you're in a marriage and you come home and you're exhausted and you're tired and you're hungry and your kids come to you, you can't react this way. So, okay, this is how I'm going to react because, you know, practicing for marriage, I guess. Um, but I think also just being in Shadokim really, I, so I, I'm in Shadokim, but I also try to work on Shadokim a little bit. And so I get this two-sided view of seeing people and, and seeing people being able to grow and also seeing the people that are burnt out. And I recently had this, actually, I, I went out with a guy and he was really burnt and like, it just doesn't work for me personally. Like I, nothing wrong with that. Cause you know, you can't judge, but like for me personally, I think I need someone who's like a little bit more, whatever, lively, I, enthusiastic, you know, just internally interest. happy. Yes. Um, but again, I can't judge this person, but he was talking to me and he was so, so burnt out. And at first I was really turned off. And then I'm like, hold on, stop it. You're in Shadokim too. Like, why don't you see why he's like this? So I said like, wow, like that's, that must be really painful what you've gone through because I, I hear what you're saying. What happened? And he told me, he's like, yeah, I've had really bad experiences. He's like, I once drove down. I'm not going to say the amount of time. I don't think he's going to be listening to this podcast, but in case he doesn't want to change things a little bit. So let's just say he drove the amount of time where he's not a yaki and he could have eaten fleshigs and been milchigs by the time he got to the girl. So oh, it was wow. very long wow. ride. And he said, I got there and it was the wrong, it was the wrong date. But the shachin, you know, the shachin didn't even care. She didn't even apologize. She made it into like a not big deal. He said it happened to him several times. So when you hear that, you know, you can understand why someone is burnt. And again, yes, he wasn't for me and I can't, but at the end of the day, I understood what he was, you know. Wow. That's know. such an like, important quality trait that you have of putting yourself in somebody else's place trying to picture what it's like for the guy on the date he drove out he's nervous he's whatever and not judge them in that moment you know there's nobody wants to be judged right. especially when you're on a date with somebody to discover if maybe they're your best shirt like let's view them you're saying through like a positive lens right 
Yeah. yeah. In general, just from something that you just said, girls, <laughs> don't kill me for saying this, but when the guys come out to you, they are spending not just the time. Yes, we spend a lot of time getting ready, but the guys also have to get a little bit ready. Then they have to schlep out to us. They're paying for gas. They're paying for tolls. It's the time. It's the emotional energy. We get home from the date and we can pig out. We go for the ice cream, go for the meat, whatever it is. And the guy still has to strap all the way home. We don't forget meeting you your know. parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and at this point, I kind of just go straight out to the guy. You don't want to waste this time more. Right. But like, I hope, I hope that everyone recognizes and like, I'm always appreciative. Like guys really put a lot into it too. And I think that wow. sometimes they don't realize how appreciative we all are, but right. they really put, and that a lot of them who plan the date, I mean, I've helped plan dates too. I'm for, you know, when I went out, but like guys really put a lot into it and it's not easy. Yeah. And that's also, I guess, for Shad Hanim who say like, oh, just the coffee date or just this. It's not the guy and the girl, but the guy is really putting in a lot of time, emotional energy, money, everything, you know? Wow, I think it's, it's really important for both sides to imagine what it's like being yeah. the girl, imagine what it's like being the guy and really, you know, understanding and then putting your best foot forward. Like yeah. I was once out for a birthday at like Stinger, so like a pretty public restaurant. Like I don't think anybody would go there on a first date. And I remember seeing a young girl who I knew because I, I give talks and, and workshops and coaching and somebody who I coached. Um, in a group setting and she was sitting there across from a guy who looks wise like I wouldn't have paired them together let's just say like I think he was a lot older and like whatever just you know and her body language was so disinterested and I almost was like wanting to say like you know come meet me in the bathroom and just put a <laughs> smile on your face and go right. back out you could you could say no afterwards right. but while you're on the date like make it as pleasant as possible for the other person. They're a human being also, and they're putting themselves out there. You're putting yourself out there, yes, but especially when you're saying for the guy, they put in maybe slightly more effort and time initially on that first date. And even more than that, it's just about being a mensch. At the end of the day, like just be a mensch. But I've right. actually found that it backfired on me a lot um, because then the guy thinks I'm giving a yes, and then they're yeah. like, wait, but why is she saying no? We she had such a great, a great time. time. Yes. She was so, you know. Right. So it's, I guess for myself, I have to work on kind of finding that medium yes, where I don't right. give off this the wrong vibe to a guy. Right. And know? so I totally hear then I can relate to that because I know I experienced that too. Because otherwise you're just, what, miserable and your body language says I'm not interested in you. That right. doesn't make it more pleasant either. Right. So maybe for the guys listening in, just because the girl is asking lots of questions and she's showing interest doesn't necessarily mean that she wants to marry you tomorrow. And if she says no, please don't take it so personal and don't think, oh, but she was so friendly. Oh, but she was so nice. Um, it, it was really just her being kind and being a mensch and sometimes it's just not a match. Right. I mean, it's more, I like, it's more something like I have to work on. Like I have to try to find that medium of don't, I, obviously like, listen, I, I could still be interested in hearing about the guy and, Absolutely. you know, right. but I just not giving off that vibe that it's like going super well and, you know, cause right. then you end up hurting them and. Right. But I also want you to be able to be yourself. So you're bringing up such an important topic. How do you be yourself, be your happy self, be your normal self? And at the same time, you do want to get to know the other person because you may not know, you may, it may not be for you, but you may not know who they are for. So why not? One right. of the first shadokhim that I ever made was a guy that I went out with and then I met his bashert. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, you're marrying this girl. Like I already like, in my, I was like 22. And I'm like, you're for sure heard their bashert. And I was so adamant and Baruch Hashem, they did get married. And, but like, wow, but, that. but because I gave a guy a chance who right. really wasn't shy for me. And it was Bashart that I did. Right. It's so funny because I was like laughing when you started saying that because 
always, I'm always like, as soon as I go on a date, I'm like, okay, who do I know for him? And I come home and I'm like, okay, I have the perfect girl. And my parents are like, but what about for you? Like, I'm like, it's, right. It's so interesting because like in a way, like you don't want to let a good date go to waste. Right. You did the research, you went out right. with him. He seems like a normal, nice yeah. guy. Somebody, you know, is his bushart. It doesn't mean, right. And I think asking questions is a great way of like, almost like an interview. Yeah. Like you're the shot set here. It almost, you almost stepped out of your role of being like the single that he's dating to like, wait, I see you automatically he's not for me. And I wouldn't advise this for young girls just starting out dating. Don't make your decision, you know, straight off the bat if you're marrying the guy or right. not. First, enjoy the date yourself. But if you're already a seasoned dater, you know yourself very well, you see right away that it's just not the right chemistry for you. But what you're saying is so important. Like you never know right. who you might know for them. You know, I used to say like, okay, if he's a normal and he's a mensch, then I could set him up. But the truth is like, I found like, Every type of person needs to get married and you never know, you know, you may know someone who is not exactly whatever and could be a great match. Right. So every hundred percent. Wow. So I love yeah. this and I would love to hear more about your experience and about, you know, how you started off dating and what you were looking for. And now how is that different of what you're looking for now? So interestingly enough, my what I'm looking for has just gotten fine-tuned. You know, like people say, as you get older, you should be more open-minded. And I think with me, it's kind of gotten... So I think and more exact. So yeah, you got I guess more, more precise. Or realizing how much what I wanted is important. Yes. So I always was always open-minded in terms of age. Like I've gone out with guys seven years younger. I've gone out with guys, you know, I've gone out with Svardi, Ashkenaz, um, Lubavitch. I've gone out with previously married. I've gone out with everything. Like I've literally gone out with everything. Um, but there's the, the one thing. So in terms of like open-minded, like I think I've been pretty open-minded with that. Um, but I... Like, the meatus aspect for me is, like, really... Also, looks, personality. I never say no to a guy based on his looks. Like, to go out with a guy based on his looks or based on his personality. Because, yes, I may think I can do well with a certain personality, but maybe God had a different plan. And maybe when I meet the right one, it's not going to be the exact personality I thought worked. Um, We hear that all the time. Yeah, you never know. Exactly. And so, yes, in terms of looks, you have to be attracted. I am not going to marry someone I'm not attracted to, but give that guy that date because first of all, you would never want to be judged based on your looks. And the other thing is like pictures don't tell everything and people look very different from their pictures and there's just so much to it. So those type of things I've always been open-minded with. Um, but like the Midos aspect is something that just has been so important to me. And there's so many nice guys out there, but like the fine tuned Midos that are important to me as I've gotten older, I realized like, yeah, no, I'm not like, this is what I need. It's non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Like the more I go out and I, like there've been times where I've been on date and I've like been embarrassed right. and, and not because of his looks and not because of the way he dressed, but because of how he was interacting with the waitress or because, you know, how he was talking about other people. So I've really realized that like, no, like I need those fine tuned me those. And like, so as I've gotten older, really, it's just like honed in more on what I wow. always wanted. Wow. So, so younger girls listening to this, you know, you're just starting off dating. It's not a bad idea to get to know yourself now figure out what are your non-negotiables, what I call needs and wants, you know, because yeah, you, there's a lot of things that are on our wants list. And a lot of times when I ask people what they're looking for, they give me this like laundry list of like requirements that are really a want. And so how do we differentiate between a need and a want? And then that's somewhere where people get stuck because they don't know how to do it. So here's how I say it. A need is something that if you don't have it, you will not have a happy marriage. A want is something that if it changed, if you lost it, money, looks, whatever, the person still has those amazing character traits and qualities that it doesn't impact. 
like a want is an extra you know they have a, a home in florida or he plays basketball or she looks a certain way or is a certain height and those are all extras but if the core needs are met that's a recipe for a really happy relationship and a happy marriage yeah at the end of the day like who you marry is what your kids are going to see growing up. So yes, do you want a gorgeous guy? Hey, that can't hurt. But like, is it more important to you that your kids see a gorgeous father or that they see a man who, you know, learning is important to? If, again, if that's what you're looking for, it could be different for everybody. Or, or a minion is important if that's what's important to you. Or the way that he offers someone a ride or he interacts when, you know, he's in a challenging situation and he comes home from work and he says, yeah, like I had this opportunity at work, but I gave it up because it wasn't Yashar. Like, what do you want your kids to see? Right. And like, that should be a need because what? again, you know, your husband can be gorgeous, but it doesn't mean your kids are going to be gorgeous, you know, <laughs> but hopefully the meadows, what they see at home is right. what, you know, wow. what you want in your kids. So your husband could play basketball or can't play basketball and that's great. But like, is that really something you need? Right. Like, does it matter for your it's kids? It's an extra. Yeah. It's the icing. Listen, my dad plays basketball. We play basketball as a family. Would I love a guy who plays basketball? Sure. Awesome. Does it matter at all? No. Do I need a guy who has the same interest as me? No. Because right. if he doesn't want to come on some adventure, he stays home with the kids. I'll go with the, the friends. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all about the attitude. Right? It's all about the attitude. And, like, that's part of, like, what I'm you know noticing when I talk to singles. And, like, it doesn't matter if they're 24, 34. The ones that find happiness in their day-to-day life and they kind of like are waiting in the present. Yeah, it's a waiting game and nobody wants to be the one waiting. And I kind of like, you know, give them this like picture in their mind. Like, let's say you're in a group of, you know, a big room and everybody's waiting and it's hot and it's stuffy and it's uncomfortable and there's hard benches and there's, you know, everybody's getting called one at a time and they go through the door and that's where everybody's goal is, right? And you see a bunch of people and they're just miserable. But you see one guy, he just seems happy and content and you go over to him and be like, what's like, what's shot? Like you're happy and everybody else is miserable. You're all waiting. It's all, it's uncomfortable for you too. He's like, I'm waiting because I have a million dollar lottery ticket in my pocket. So I don't mind the wait. I know when I get to my, you know, when they call my name, I'm getting a million dollars. I'm going to be a millionaire. The wait is inconsequential to me. It's just part of the, you know, the process and I'm totally fine. So if you picture in your mind that like, yeah, it is the waiting game, but like at the end of it, I'm going to get my million dollars, my reward or whatever it is, my gem. It's worth the wait. And like, let me work on. So now we get to the point of like, so now while you're waiting, quote unquote, what do you do to make your life more enriched? Your life, your friend's life, you know, things that make you feel gratified, things that make you feel like you're giving back to the community. Because, you know, you mentioned before we had started that there are things that single young ladies can do that married people cannot whether it's a bigger hole and whether it's sleeping with a kid in the hospital. I don't know. There's different like chasadim and, and organizations that you could be part of that really married people can't anymore. And that's definitely one point, And that actually leads me to something else. But there's so many things, both from like the spiritual part of it, you know, like, like you were saying, the chasad part. And there's so many opportunities and so many different types, not just your typical, but you can think of so many different things to start or to do. Um, but I think it's also healthy to balance that with, the fun stuff and doing things. And, um, you know, I think it's hard when I, I think sometimes married people, whether it's Shadchanim or friends can look at people and say, Oh, do they really want to get married? Cause they're living the life. But the truth is it's the opposite. We want to get married so badly that we're choosing right now to make sure that we're not being down in the dumps, that we're not being negative, that we're going to use this opportunity to be happy. And so, yes, that might mean that we go on vacation twice a year and it might mean that we are, you know, running around every night, going to a hospital, whatever it is, that's what makes us happy. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
Um, So it's really just balancing that where, you know, you don't want to be judged based on, you know, having fun or living it up, but you also, you know, you need to take care of yourself. Wow. Wow. And it it makes you more interesting because a happy person is much more interesting to date. Somebody who has hobbies and interests and adventures, it's almost like funny, like, I hear from singles that they did this, they did that, or they had this date, and like these crazy stories that you would never imagine. I'm like, that's a great dating story. <laughs> like you, you not okay. So you had an experience. It may not have been like ideal, but you have a long list oh, yeah. of funny stories. A to entertain your friends with, and B like next time you go out on a date, like you won't have nothing to talk about because you have so, <laughs> so many true. adventures that you've been on. I you know? literally always say that. I'm like, oh, here's another dating story. You know, yeah. like oh, great. And also when you go out with a guy and it's just a complete disaster, I always say, okay, it's a great story. You know. Add that to my list right. of stories. Okay, so you know? one step closer. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. I always yeah. tell people, like, when they even think of something and it doesn't go anywhere, like, just the fact that they thought of it. I mean, I could, make, I could have made this up. But in my head, I think that, like, even when people think of someone, it's one step closer. So, like, anytime anyone thinks of something, even if they don't even read it, or even if they read it and the guy says no, or I say no, whatever it is, like, the fact is you're one step closer. Right. And right. Even, even for people who, like, let's say with my niece, right, that, that did that tell him thing. And then we started learning together a little bit. And she's like, but you're not married yet. And I said, but it doesn't matter because think of all the guys I dated this year. That's all because of you, because of yours, the custom. And like, that's making me one step closer. And this year that passed by, like I'm one year closer to the right one, you know? And the same thing, I've, I, there's so many amazing people that like tell me what they do for me. And I'm like so humbled by it. Yeah. And, and I feel bad because sometimes they feel, you know, dejected that like it's not working. I had wow. someone say to me, she's yeah. like, you know, I, I did this for you. I'm like, I did it for a whole year. I'm like, nothing's happening. Wow. And, and like, in a way, I'm like, believe me, like, it hurts me, you know? <laughs> like, it hurts right. me that I'm, I'm causing you this pain, you know? Right. Um, and like, I, and like, you know, but at the end of the day, like, I told her, I'm like, it is. It's working, you know? Tefillos don't just disappear. Right. It's they working. go somewhere and they're collecting and you're going to need it in other times. And like, yeah. It's... No, and I, even if I'm not married yet, it's still getting me somewhere. It's getting me, who knows if I had to be single a certain amount of time, right. and now I'm less. Like, anything, and again, I'm like, it's so amazing when people say that they die. Someone said, uh-huh. someone from my community, I'm telling you, unbelievable. She reached out to me, and she's like, I just want you to know I dive in for you by my candles. And I have a married friend who told me that, too. Like, unbelievable. Unbelievable. There's, like, one woman in shul. Like, a shout-out to her, Mrs. Mati Eisner. She is, like, unbelievable. You know, going to shul on Yom Tovim are really, really hard. And it's not just getting out of bed early. Like, that's hard always, you know? But but going to shul, at the end of the day, I'm basically the only single left in my shul who is my age. You know, the 18, 19-year-olds are single too. Um, but there's really, like, no one in between. And, like, it's really hard. It's hard to see those little kids. It's like a scarlet letter on you. Yeah. Everybody knows. And you know that they're looking at you, um, even though they're all, like, amazing. Like, my community is amazing. Um, but it's still, it's, like, hard. Um and this, this lady, Mrs. Eisner, every time she she, she she sees me, she, like, looks at me and her eyes light up. And she says, you look beautiful. It's yeah. so good to see you. And, like, she just – and it's not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of her. Like, she has this inner just light and kindness. But the fact is, every every time I have to go to shul and know that there's going to be all these kids there, I always think, hopefully she'll be there because I know I'll feel good when she's there. Wow. Like, just amazing. It's like there's so many good people out there that really care – but it's just, it makes such a difference because at the end of the day, it is hard when you see, you know, these kids that you literally babysat. I have kids that I babysat. I changed their diapers. And now they have kids. Wow. And it's like, yeah. So first of all, you have an amazing attitude. And I know that you and your friends and your support and your community does mean a lot. And being from out of town might have its perks when it comes to this because you don't feel as 
maybe singled out or the spotlight's on you or the pressure, maybe not as much as in town. And, you know, in, in previous episodes, we discussed girls coming from out of town, moving in town for dating and the challenges that that brings. But aside for having an amazing, positive, upbeat attitude, you did mention that there are challenges. And for other girls, like young ladies going through exactly the same stage that you are, what are some of those challenges? So I think one of the big thing is those kids that uh, my friend's niece is in Shadokhan. Like I used to go to my friend's house, like when we were in high school, and her niece was literally, I don't know, two, you know, so that's definitely a big thing. Um, but it's also interesting because like, I'm not jealous of the 19 year olds who get married. I'm not jealous of the 20 year, 20 year olds because I feel so blessed. I've had so many experiences. Like I've done so, like <laughs> I always tell my friend, I'm jealous of myself. Mm-hmm. I literally say we're planning a trip now to Norway, Ireland, and Switzerland. Wow. Yeah. And and I said to her, I'm like, I'm so jealous of us. I'm so jealous. Like, how are we so blessed that we're able to do this? And I always say it. And like, whenever 19 year olds get married, I always say like, they don't have, listen, ideally, we want to be married 100%. And like, marriage is top priority. But the fact that we didn't, we weren't Zoha to that. And they're 19, they're missing out on all these things that we got to have. And we got to do all these experiences. Like we literally have gone to the coolest places. And they're not going to get that. And again, that's that's amazing because we want to get married, you know. But, um, you know, so I'm not just a 19, 20-year-olds. But it is hard when little kids get, you know, mm-hmm. married. I think another thing is is with Shadchanim where, you know, you feel like they might be judging you if you say no to a guy. Mm-hmm. And then you have to think, will they ever set me up again? And a lot of times I'll say no to a guy because I've heard something. But I'm not going to ruin his, you know, why should I ruin his reputation? So mm-hmm. I have to make that choice. Am I going to, you know miss out on maybe having someone judge me or miss out on her ever setting me up again, but make sure that this guy's reputation is not destroyed. So you make that hard choice and you you don't say anything, but you know that you're being judged. And like, that's really, really difficult, you know, or or being Mm -hmm. pressured of like, just, just a coffee date. It's like, well, no, it's not just a coffee date. Again, like I said, that guy is coming down. That guy is spending his time. You're doing your hair, your makeup, you know, you're getting dressed, everything, you know, it's a full night affair. and, And yes, Shadokim is, is worth it. You do what you have to do. But if you know that it's not what you're looking for, you heard things, you know things, it's not, right. you know. Right. Another thing that you mentioned, the Shadokim, how do, how do young ladies take it? I'm going to call them girls, young ladies, interchangeable. They're all wonderful. And it all works. Guys, boys, whatever. Um, you know, this goes both ways for the guys and for the girls. You get a suggestion, whether it's from a well-meeting community member or from a Shadokim or somebody who knows you well. Maybe it's a little different if they know you well. And the suggestion is so off and you how do you prevent yourself from feeling insulted even the strongest among us (laughs) you know have gotten suggestions that were like do they think that this is the right match for me because like and I know that it's painful for a lot of young ladies it is really painful like they get a suggestion that nobody would have considered five years ago nobody would have considered saying them up with somebody you know when they first started dating and the suggestion seems so out of left field and how do you prevent yourself from like feeling hurt? Right. It's definitely happened. I mean, most of the time you just assume that maybe they didn't know the person and they heard great things about them. You hope, but yeah, definitely it could be painful. Like, is this what they think of me? Like, Oh gosh, you know? And, but I think at the end of the day, and something that I always, I always have the, you know, the forefront of my mind whenever dealing with, with Shadchanim or, or anyone, because at the end of the day, people say things that are hurtful. Like that just happens. But I typically don't let it get to me because I, I really, really believe that like 
people are really mean well. Like their intentions are well. People just want to get you married. Again, like I look around at people and I'm like humbled that like they care about us. They want to get us married. So like when you have that and you really believe that, then it it helps a little bit. Like this person really, the shotgun is saying that thing to you that's really hurtful that you can't believe she said it to you or he said it to you. But they just want to get you married. And I think by saying that to you, will get you married. So these ideas that may be so off base, maybe they didn't know him or maybe they you know, there could be anything and they're just trying to help you. And again, having that mindset, the good intentions, having the mindset that it's one step closer, right. you know, that helps. Right. So, you know, because I also coach younger, like 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. And there comes a time where like the girls feel so dejected. They feel so forlorn. They feel like nobody really knows them. Nobody knows what they're looking for. Do they have to settle for one of these guys because nobody else is being suggested? And then what happens is they go out with this guy who is totally, not not to put it in a mean way, but beneath them, like on their level, whether it's hashkafa, whether it's looks, whether it's, you know, just where they are in life and the chesed that they do. And they're going out with a guy who's completely not on the same level. And then what? Then they feel even worse. And then what's worse, I say is, you know what? I don't think you're doing the guy a favor because now he thinks he can get a tiki. And now he thinks he can get an Adina. And now he thinks he can get a Racheli. But like, and so his standards went way up. And so it makes it harder for a regular girl who might be good for him, who might be a better match for him, who may not be as figured out and may not be as chesedic, may not be as, you know, sophisticated, worked on, muna, you know, spiritual as you are. But yet he's saying no to those quote unquote average girls because you gave him you know that that time of day so like it's like a catch-22 like so it's actually interesting because again because I I try to set people up I see it from both angles you know and like I've set up guys and they said no because of looks and I'm like in my head thinking really like you look, look in the mirror. mirror right but at the end of the day I also know that everyone thinks different people are beautiful and you know but at the end of the day the guy has that same is just as human and has those same feelings and then so same things as girls. They should have that same opportunity. And there are plenty of girls that are not as great as the guys that are, you know, and and the guys have a, a right to want want what they want. Um, right. as, as frustrating as it could be when I set people up, when they say no for things that I think are silly reasons, at the end of the day, I always remind myself, like, but why shouldn't they get what they want? Why shouldn't they get a girl who's as great as they want because it's needs versus wants. So maybe okay. if their priorities or their expectations or their requirements were more in line with who they were, they did that self-introspection. Look, I'm not saying guys, girls, it goes both ways. Right. You know, we all do this. There are girls who are picky. There are boys who are picky. There are mothers of boys who are picky. There are mothers of girls who are picky. Like we have it all. Right. You know, we live in this world and, and we want to do what's best. And I just feel like when somebody has this in their forefront of their mind, Hashem's in charge. He's the one running the show. He's sending me my shidduchim. This person's just a messenger. But then if somebody doesn't have that deep, deep amun, they're like, well, then why is Hashem allowing me to get hurt? Why is Hashem allowing the shaliach of this person to say something hurtful? You know, like what now what Hashem? You know, again, and like, it's almost like, how do I give them the chizah? Because it is so challenging. And my heart goes out to everybody, girl or guy. You know, it's painful all around. And we want to see everybody happily married. There is nothing more that we want than to see everybody happily. Not a, not a race to the chuppah. This is not a competition of who gets married first. It's you working on yourself. So you can build a happy life for yourself and for your spouse and for your kids in Merit Hashem. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I'm the one to talk because I'm not the one with the biggest simuna or, you know, like I'm not. I mean, it I sounds like you are from no, what you're sharing. No, I just have it good. Like, I, I know, like I'm really, I'm like, 
I truly, truly feel blessed. Like, I, and my family is amazing. I have a job, Baruch Hashem. Like, I have amazing friends. I have amazing, like, everything, everything really, like, worked out for me. Like, I, so I feel like I'm, I'm not the one to talk. You know, uh-huh. like, I'm not the one. You're not again, representing the miserable girls here. Right, because I've been blessed. And, like, I always say, Hashem, don't take it away. Like, you're so good. Like, I recognize the blessing. Don't take it away. But at the same time, everybody else could say the same thing. You know what I mean? But I really, <laughs> you know? like, I really, I really am blessed. Like, that's why I don't feel, like, yes, it's hard. Like, but I don't think I have the moon. I just have, like, it's clear. Like, God loves me. Like, and this is, he put me in the situation. And there are hard times. And I, there are times I cry. And there are times where my heart is breaking. And, you know, by the Hanukkah candles, like, your heart is just, like, it's, the pain is unbelievable. Because you're like, oh, my God, like, last year, I, I was like, okay, for sure by next year, I'm going to be married. Like, for sure by next year, that's going to be my husband. And, like, Kara was sitting. But then, literally, when I was thinking, I was literally feeling that. And I was, like, dominating. I'm like, Hashem, this is what I'm feeling. And, like, one thing about being single, and, I'm again, this may not be real, but, like, in my mind, I think you can feel two different feelings at once. Absolutely. And so, in my mind, like, I feel that all the time. So, here I'm like, Hashem, I'm in so much pain. I want to be out of this. But at the same time, I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. Like, I am sitting in a house now. I have an amazing family. I'm, like, going through all my blessings. I'm like... I want to be out of this, but at the same time, I'm so blessed. Wow. So, like, yes, there are hard times, and like, like you see, I'm getting emotional now because mm-hmm. it was so painful, like lighting those candles. Right. But like, you also are so blessed. So I'm not the one to speak because I really just think that like right. I don't have that amuna. I just have a good life, you but, know. But I feel like it's happy people who have the gratitude. It's the the fact that they're grateful makes them so happy. And if you think about it, you got up in the morning, you woke up. Thank you, Hashem. Your eyes are working. Do you know how many millions of dollars somebody blind would pay to have one of your eyeballs? Your hearing works. You could stand on your own two feet. Like every single thing you, if you really think about it, you are so blessed. And anybody who, let's say, has been through a health issue or they, you know, broke a leg, or, or their arm or whatever it was, hopefully something small or ever needed a surgery and they couldn't do things and their body wasn't functioning. Do you know how much more they appreciate every single gift that Hashem gives them? So really what I'm hearing is like, you have every reason, if you wanted to, to focus on the negative, but instead you're saying, I focus on the positive and I feel so blessed. But really anybody, even if there are no parents, and I know singles who don't have parents, and there are health issues or there are other things that are holding them back, but yet they have their own personal health. They have friends, they have support, they have family members who love them, who care about them. So really, I find that like, even people who struggle have a lot of gratitude because they realized how hard they davened for whatever it is you know the harder you daven for something the harder you work for it the more you're going to appreciate it and sometimes singles who've been single for so long and davened their hearts out and did every single thing possible when Hashem does send them their Yeshua it's like that dance you know at the chafa or yeah. after the chafa and you're like you're dancing is like the most joy because you worked so hard and you went through so much and in a way you could appreciate that and you're willing to work on that marriage in a way that maybe if it came easily, you wouldn't appreciate it as much, right? Because right. I feel like in everything in life, like we don't realize like Hashem does send us blessing after blessing. And the second one of them is impaired, then we realize how fortunate we really were. Right. It's like what we were talking about before, how like I feel like out of all the Nisionos out there, like I'm blessed with the best one because struggling to have children, struggling, you know, with children's behavior or children going off the derech or, or sickness, like those are all like, terrible terrible nisyonos and like this and rest like this is gonna pass like my husband is gonna show up one day and he's gonna sleep on the couch for the first year because he made me wait <laughs> <laughs> but, or he's making dinner i don't know um but you know 
at the end of the day, like, Mirza Shem, this is going to pass. I hope everyone's in this year knows pass, and they will. But, like, I just feel like this is, like, the best of all the, the best of all. Again, yeah. and I, I don't want to put my feeling on other people because anyone who's in even more pain than me, like, that's totally valid. Like, this is a really hard knee assignment, and I'm not, I'm not going to lie about that. Like, right. like I said, I've cried. It's, it's painful. But, but, like, I always just think, like, there's people that are really suffering out there. Like, I see it every day. I see I go into you go to hospital, you see these people and they're really struggling financially and everything. And like, thank God, like, thank God. Yeah. So I don't know. I just hope everyone, whatever their Nisayon is, like they just get out of it. So you mentioned something about like people who are having fertility issues, whether they're married one year or five years, 10 years, you know, children come from Hashem and it's a huge blessing and each one is a blessing. And yeah, those who've struggled know how hard it is. And unfortunately, this is something that our community does go through. Um, and to bring up a sensitive topic, there are older single girls, once they reach a certain age, that are now freezing their eggs to preserve fertility. Again, children come from Hashem. You could have children up into their 50s. I know somebody in her high 50s who had children. Anything's possible. There was a woman in the news, I think she was 70 years old. She just had twins. Oh so like anything is possible when Hashem makes it possible. If it's possible for you to have children, Hashem, you know, will make it happen. And that's all from Hashem. He holds the key. My, my little... Uh, Kayla came home from school telling us the keys that Hashem was hold, the rain, and Tchiyas HaMesim, and having children. You know, like she knows these three keys. You know, Hashem holds the key to it. We're not in control. So whether you get married young, whether you get married older, it doesn't change the exact moment that you're meant to have a child, when and if, and you know, it's Hashem, it should go smoothly and easily. But now that young ladies are freezing their eggs, you know, what's, what's that experience? I don't know if, if you wanted to share with friends that you know who've done it. And I know that we've talked separately. Like I had an idea, like let's start an organization to help girls, young ladies, you know, go through the process of it, have the support, you know, whether it's monetarily, emotionally, the support of, of actually doing it and make it less scary and make it more acceptable and make it just more well-known and not a taboo subject. Yeah. So I personally have not done it yet. Um, but I've actually looked into it and I decided that like by my 30th, my 33rd birthday, like, I think that's just it. I just want to ask like one Shiloh, get that bracha, that go ahead. I think in the back of your mind, you're always like, but Hashem, like I could spend the $10,000 on this, but like, if you're going to get me the guy soon, like maybe I'll just save that $10,000 put towards my kid's tuition or, you know, (laughs) but, um, so it's like that kind of like, Hey, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. But I actually had called up, I think it was a time. And they said like the best time to freeze your eggs is when you're 32. Um, so, you know, it's at the end of the day, I I was talking about it with my friends and we're like, should we do it? Should we not? A lot of people have to do more than just one round. So it's $10,000 per round. And to store it. It costs money to store it. Oh, like I didn't even know that. But it could just be included in the price. Okay. Yeah. Um, So like they said, like you have to inject yourself and I'm not sure the medication they talk about, is that you're injecting yourself with that medication or is that additional to what you're injecting yourself? No, so you're injecting yourself with the medication to help your ovaries or ovary produce as many eggs as possible, which is what they, what they call follicles. Mm-hmm. And what they'll do is they'll retrieve. There's a retrieval right. day, which they retrieve the, the eggs that are mature and ready. And then right. those, those will store and they'll freeze. Right. Ready to be fertilized if you need. Right. So there's like so many things that kind of, so I was talking about with my friends and I'm like, you know, like you're, I said to my friend, I'm like, yes, it's $10,000 and it's a lot of money and it probably will have to be $20,000. But at the end of the day, I would never want to look back mm-hmm. and okay. say I could have had a family for $20,000. You know, like, right. what would you give for your family when you right. have a family? You'd give right. all your money. Right. You know, the, Children are expensive. Children are expensive. Get it in now. Right? Whether it's now or later, right. children are going to be expensive. <laughs> so, you know, and hopefully, you know, yeah. hopefully I won't even need it, you know. Right. But um, right. just to know that you did your hishtadlis and... Wow. 
Um, so I never really discussed it until maybe a year ago with people. I always thought it was like a very sensitive topic. So I never wanted to ask people. Um, and it has come up again with working on Shadokim. I've had many guys say, well, well, I want someone who can have kids. And I told them like a lot of people freeze their eggs. Right. And I would love to actually change the mindset where it becomes normal for people yes. to put on their resume, whether they have, I, I don't know the sensitive way right. to say it, or obviously to tell a chef and like, hey, I can still have kids because I've seen so many guys don't want to go out with the girls in their 30s, even their young 30s, because, oh, I can get a 20 year old. And but do kid people really want 10 kids these days? Like, that's also a, a thing that I feel like people are now looking back and be like, Baruch Hashem, it's, there's different challenges. Right. You know, when we were raised by our parents, it was a different generation. Raising children now oh God. is a different generation. So, like, I don't see, for whatever reason, and I don't, I'm just here just calling the facts as I see it. I have no clue of the statistics and the reasons. And obviously, people are having many, many children. And God bless you that Hashem should give you the strength to continue. And, and I hope that everything goes smooth and everybody who's pregnant, should, everything should go smoothly. And if you're not yet and you want it, everything should go well. But I am noticing a trend that couples are having less children. Oh. I just noticing it, whether it's just because there's so many people. Maybe because tuition's going up. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't think it's because of that. I just feel like there's a lot of factors involved. Right. And I just, like, I'll just say, like, I don't know if it's a modern thing. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I'm just noticing that. But, like, when I hear, when let's say, let's say as a shadchan, right, just give a scenario. I'm trying to set a guy up, and he's 34, 35, and he tells me, but I want to be able to have children. Do they not realize that women could have children for many years, number one? And the age is now going up, the ideal time to have children. And there's plenty of years, Baruch Hashem, if, if you're able to, of childbearing yeah. ages. And, and that shouldn't be a factor. But then when I say, but she froze her eggs, now what's the excuse, you know? Right, right. I feel like in a way, it's going to give, whether they end up using the eggs or not, because it may not even be necessary. Right. But the fact is, I don't want to hear a guy at a certain age say no because of a girl's age. I feel like if you meet the person, you're in a shama and they're in a shama connect, that's what's important. I, I agree with you, but I also feel like, okay, if a girl freezes her eggs, I think that for sure, then there's no, I could understand that a guy wants to have a family. But where's the amuna? He'll have a family whether, again, he can marry somebody at 25 and she can't it's have true. kids. It's true. It's true. But I guess from their perspective, again, I, I'm not from a guy's perspective, and, and I've had that frustration because I've tried setting guys up and they said no to girls. I've tried setting them up because, oh, well, what if she can't have kids? And I've used that excuse. Well, girls can have kids much older, a lot of them freeze their eggs. But then again, like kind of looking from their perspective, it's like, is it wrong to want to have a family to bring up kids? But again, but I hear many, many people right. are getting married at young age and not having kids for 10 years. Right. And we're seeing that more and more. It's right. so scary. So like, I, I just feel like at what point do we stop trying to play God and just let him do what he's in charge of? Because again, right. it's a key that only Hashem holds. No matter how fertile you think this girl right. is, it may not work out. Right. And like, I, like just let's not play God, you no. know? No, you have a, and that's why I guess, Freezing your eggs is somewhere where you're like, okay, God, I'm letting, I'm leaving your hands, but this is my hishtadlas. And, um, but I do wish we could normalize it because I, again, like I, I didn't feel comfortable approaching people to hear their stories. And then I happened to have been on a Shabbaton, um, and I overheard someone say, oh, so-and-so froze her eggs. And I'm like, oh, do you think I could talk to her? Mm -hmm. And so we ended up talking and we said, okay, we want to start, we want to reach out to Arav and reach out to one of these organizations that help with infertility. And we want to start our own little organization that normalizes it that has support groups that um will give gift cards to the girls on their retrieval dates Aww. you know because that could be an emotional you know yeah spa day or That's, even a coffee something so special, you know yeah. someone some, help administer those shots because like let's say someone for me i think of blood i think of needles and i'm on the floor yeah. um but at the end of the day i'm not gonna let that hold me back from having a family right. 
So I mean, hopefully, again, I won't need this. But um, I mean, if there's anybody listening who has an inside connection who could advise, you know, please leave us a message because I feel like this is such an important topic, and I'm glad that we're talking about it as open and candidly, as, yeah. you know, which is exactly what this show is all about—is just being open and honest and and very raw and real. And I think Dinky, you've given us so much, and I feel like this is such an important topic, and, and they all are important. All the topics are important. Everything singles are going through is so valid, and is so important. Is there anything specific that you want to, you know, maybe discuss or explore further in terms of like, you know, just advice for singles, advice for for mothers of boys? <laughs> any, is there Let any, them go out with the girl. <laughs> is there anything that you want to tell single boys, you know, any messages that you want to give to? Okay, I want to thank every single guy out there for really putting in the time, the money, the, you know, again, like, I think I should get shares in Sephora because I really... Then on DSW, like I really support them. I might as well get my money back through shares. But at the end of the day, you're really spending a lot of time and effort and money. So thank you so much, really. And girls, like, please appreciate that. And obviously, girls, you should feel appreciated too. Um, but another random thing that, like, I I noticed that a lot hurt a lot of people. And I think that again, if you change your mindset, it may help. And hopefully, this could help people. Is that that Amir Tashem by you? I hear that everybody hates the Mertashem by you. Really? Like, and they roll their eyes. Yeah. So many people tell me like, I hate it. I hate it. It's like, it's why do you say it? That's exactly how I feel. And like, I, and when I'm at a simcha and someone doesn't say it to me, I'm like, come on, just say it. Like, I want a bracha. Like, give me that bracha. Like, I love when people give me brachas. Yeah. Like, I'll take it. The power of so, a bracha. Yeah. So like, for the people that it hurts, and again, it's totally valid for it to hurt. And I could hear how it could hurt. But like, Take those brachos in, like Amir Tashem Bayu, Amen, Amen. Like yes, now help me get there. Right. <laughs> that should be the next thing. Like Amen. So you know anyone for me? <laughs> right. You know, there's so many. I find that I'm so different than so many other girls. Like even mm-hmm. you know, let's say with the age thing, you weren't sure if you can say my age. I was in the hospital recently visiting a child, and I was with another girl, and there were girls visiting this child. It wasn't even a child; it was a young adult. And we we asked them, "Oh, where are you from? How old are you?" And they were like all embarrassed. So like. We went to high school a long time ago. Like, you know, you, you probably think we're much younger. And I'm like, I promise you we're a lot older than you. Anyways, the girls were probably in their like low 20s, mid 20s. So I said, oh, I'm like, I'm 32. And then I realized like my poor friend, like I didn't get permission from her. Like maybe she's embarrassed of her age. Like I realized like I'm very different about that. Like I'm very open with my age. Like this is who I am. I'm a very open like people don't know if I want their resumes shown around. I'm like, take my resume, throw it into the streets, put it on every billboard. I literally, like, I would not mind if my, my resume was up on a billboard. Not my picture. <laughs> my resume. If like, anybody has, has connections at BP, <laughs> yes. you know, and that new billboard that goes up on, uh, you know, the my, nine and, uh, and Take cross. it, you know, but I have such a different, like, viewpoint. And I'm not saying mine is the better one. It's probably not. It's no, probably I think less. It's, it's very healthy. No, I think it's very healthy. I, I totally understand where people are coming from. But, like, mm-hmm. I have just such a different perspective because I'm like get me married whatever you need to do like I told my niece and nephews just like ask everyone in your class do they have a nice uncle <laughs> like let's go um but really like so the mirror to shine by you like I wouldn't want to kind of put that on anyone but really just like realize it's a bracha and again that whole thing that people just want what's best for you no one is like out to get you you know out to get you. people really just want what's best for you right. I think that's like so important and I'm really a huge thank you to all those people out there who really care like yeah all my married friends that make it so easy for me to talk to them and tell me that their kids ask about me, like that is like my heart always just feels so grateful because I'm like, wow, you know, they're keeping me in their lives. There's just so many things that people do. The people that reach out and say, I just want to let you know I thought of you. 
just like so many things people do, keep being amazing people. Like whether you're single, whether you're married, just keep it up because it makes a difference. It right. really makes a difference. Like at what point, just I'm thinking, because like as a sharkh and, and a dating coach, I do get a lot of like, just, hey, I'm single and I'm sending you my updated resume and I love it. I, you hate it? I hate that. I can't do it. Right. And, but, and I understand that because you don't want to hear, I don't know anybody for you. Oh, I just... I don't know. I feel bad. Like, I don't want to bother them. And if they thought somewhere, they'll think of something. So, so I think I you should. I think it's not yeah. a bother. So for sure, for sure, you can send it to me. It's totally not <laughs> a bother. And I would love to hear I'm from you. I'm still single, by the way. <laughs> Do you know anyone? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and I feel like when I receive that, first of all, thank you for reminding me about you. It's not that I wasn't thinking about you, but I don't know if the singles really understand that Ashad Khan also has a life. And not like you know, oh, we have such a, a busy, crazy, amazing life and we can't possibly spend a moment thinking about singles. That's the opposite. We, we're cooking, we're thinking about the singles. You know, we're doing the dishes, we're thinking about the singles. Taking care of our children, thinking about the singles. I, when I light, I also have names that I daven for and I'm thinking about everybody who's single and my heart goes out. I went to daven at the coast, thought about the singles. And I just may not have met more boys. I may not be your shaliach. And I don't want anybody to feel bad when they reach out to me, guy or girl, like, have you met anybody new recently? I'm like, I really have not. You may not know this, but my family went through a tragedy or we went through something else. And like, I just haven't been meeting people. And like, I don't want to necessarily share that because it's vulnerable. It's maybe not, you know, setting healthy boundaries. Also, like, they don't need to hear my whole life story. At the same time, I would love for everybody listening to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. You know, the single, put yourself in a shalachan shoe. And, or put yourself in the, the community member who said a merit by you. Put yourself in her shoes. She just cares. He just cares. She just cares about you. And she doesn't know anybody right now for you because Hashem did not choose her as a shaliach. Not because she's not thinking about you. And keep in mind, there are people who set you up and they could set you up a hundred times. If they're not meant to be the shaliach and it's really supposed to be the mailman, then mm. that's who it's going to be. Right. You know, it's just, it's such a hard thing if you don't have a muna. If you have Amuna and you understand that this is something that like is just from Hashem and he will send your Bashart and Merit Hashem soon by you in the right time, you <laughs> right. know, and the right time that's for you. And when you hear it, don't let it get to you. Say thank you. Amen. You know, and, and Davin, I'll Davin for you too, because everybody's struggling with something. Yeah. You know, and it, and it, it and I hear why somebody might find that hard and I hear from singles, but why do we have to find things about other people that we feel criticized? Why can't it just be that we see things like with an ayin tov? You know, give the benefit of the doubt. The person just, even if they said something harsh, like I've had girls come to me after meeting other shalchanim and like a very healthy sized girl, like normal, like mm -hmm. not skinny, just regular, but like beautiful, everything. She said that another shalchan told her to lose weight. Oh, I hear and that I'm all like, the time from people telling me that shalchanim told them that. I can't. And I'm like, even oh. if the shalchan was meaning, I told her, go get a slice of pizza and enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm like, you are beautiful just the way you are. Do you think Hashem, who created you, did not create you exactly how he created you because he has a plan for you? Do you think he made a mistake when he made you bigger, smaller, skinnier, you know, short, tall, you know, this profession, in this family, every single thing was thought out. Mm -hmm. Every single detail of who you are, whether you're a guy, whether you're a girl, was predetermined and planned out from Hashem so you could fulfill your specific topic. And it's exactly who you are. Like we said before in the story with the girl with the divorced parents or, you know, whatever it was. And that was a, a myla for the family that she wanted, you know, that wanted her. Mm -hmm. And it's just, don't think of any of your quote unquote things. If you can't change it, embrace it. If it's not something that you can change, like I know a guy who is, 
he got bald young, but he rocks it. <laughs> he is not embarrassed. He totally rocks it. And I know other guys, let's say they're overweight or they're this, they're like, okay, I'm fat. And they're fine with it. Or somebody has this and that, whatever it is. And they're just, you know what? This is how she made me. I can't do anything to change it other than like a dramatic, you know, surgery or whatever, which is not what your hishtablis is supposed to be. And I'm going to embrace it. Because if you're embarrassed about it, then other people are going to notice it. But if right. you are if you rock it, you know, nobody notices. I think it's so important though. Again, Shabchanim are amazing. They dedicate their lives to people. They really, like, it's, it's unbelievable what goes into making a shidduch happen. But I've noticed that when Shadchanim when asked for my picture and they say, wow, you look beautiful. Like that changes everything because at the end of the day, no single girl feels good about girl feels good about themselves. We just don't, no matter how gorgeous you are at the end of the day, it's like everyone asks for a picture and every, so that one little thing, if you're a shopping or you're working on Shadduchim or you ask your friend for a picture and just make that one comment, like, wow, you look great. Right. Right. That's it. Even if you don't think they look great, again, from someone, again, from both ways where I work on Shadokim and like I'll, I'll send a picture to a mother and or to a guy and they'll think, oh, does she have another picture? And, I'll, and sometimes I feel like saying, I'm not going to ask that because when you ask for another picture, you are saying, I don't think you look good in that picture. And chances are the girl is only sending you a picture that she feels comfortable with. So if you're telling her that her picture is not good, you're telling her that she's ugly. You know, so why do that? You could right. build a person up. Right, right. And going back to what you had said about, you know, where a single reminds you and you're like, oh, I haven't thought of anyone. So I, there was, there's someone that has reached out to me to set up his son and I, I don't have anyone for him. And every, I would say every like two weeks, he reaches out to me and sends me the re- boy's resume again. And like you said, like I haven't come across anyone that could be, that could be on the page. But I decided that anytime he reaches out to me, I am going to pass that resume along. I'm going to present him or I'm going to, Pass along to one person saying, hey, do you know anyone for this? At least I'm going that one step because, yeah, I don't know anyone for him. And who knows if I ever will, but I'm going to do that like one step further. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's okay to also tell people like, I don't have anyone at the moment, but thank you for reminding me because now you're on top of my mind and I hope I can be the shaliyah. That's mm-hmm. also when Shachan mm-hmm. say that to me, like, I really hope I can be your shaliyah. Right. It's like those small words make such right. a big difference. Right. Like, I think it's just, I don't know. Wow. It's just, it sounds like. First of all, just to sum up everything, and you've shared Baruch Hashem, you know, so openly, and I appreciate it so much, and really, it's very vulnerable to come on and to share parts of yourself with other people, and we could all learn from it, even, you know, people who may not have thought, you know, into the life of a, of a 32-year-old single girl, like, what is that like, you know, and giving us your perspective, but so just to sum everything up, it's like keeping that positive attitude being grateful for everything you do have in your life, you know, thanking Hashem for that, keeping him in the forefront of your mind, seeing that there are opportunities that you have that married couples do not have, you know, keep on davening, keep on staying positive, you know, go out on a date, you never know, you know, and and be positive and have a positive attitude and just stay strong, you know, keep that amuna and and keep on, you know, thinking of your friends and and making sure you have them in mind also and just be your best, be your happiest self, and Hashem should just, you know, Mirz Hashem, hear all the cries and hear all the tefillos and just, I, he knows best. So it's like so hard to say, like he should send it tomorrow. If it's the right thing, he should send it tomorrow, right. you know, and anything could happen. But you could you always sound like Hashem, please make tomorrow or today be the right time. Right. Like I could do anything. He could. He's done pretty cool stuff. Hashem, really, <laughs> he's, he's a good track record. It's just, and it's, you know? it's amazing to see that the young ladies and the young men who keep Hashem and Amuna in their forefront, how much happier they are through this challenge and as you said you could have two things true at the same time it's cognitive dissonance to say i hate being single and i love being single 
you know, it's okay to have these, you know, different feelings because they're both valid and they're both real and they're both true at the same time. Right. And it's like, that's an amazing lesson, I think, for everybody in life, especially in dating is like, yeah, I am happy because this is Hashem's, you know, will and I accept his will. And there is a new Hassan Nefesh with accepting Hashem's will and knowing that he has the power to bring your salvation. And also to know that it's okay to complain to him and say, this is really hard. Like, he wants you to come to him and say, like, this is hurting a lot. Like, get me out of here already. Right. You know, that's, we're like so lucky. I always say, like, I'm so lucky to be Jewish. Like, yes. we have that, like, connection to Hashem. And, like, we literally can throw everything on him and say, like, God, I can't do this. Like, you take it. Yes. You find me my guy. I'll just wait. You do it. You yes. know, and he, he wants to hear that from you. So. 100%. Yeah. Wow, Tiki, thank you so much. No. You really, such no, a, thank you a for breath having of me. fresh air. No, I, I would love to have you on again. Yeah. I just asked if, like, anything I said hurt anybody like please be mochami i know that again i have a different viewpoint and if you feel differently it's totally valid so and, I ask and please message us and you come on and tell us your different point of yeah. view because <laughs> i would love to hear from everybody if you don't agree and if anything. you want to freeze your eggs but money is an issue reach out to me yeah. or whatever yeah, it is to you and they message. can reach out to me we'll find a way no one's no one should have trouble having kids because of financial issues absolutely. reach out we'll get it we'll make it happen absolutely amazing thank you so much Tiki. thank you 